0: This is the BSN Denver Buffs Podcast. Powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Taking you beyond the field and inside the locker room.
1: Look, mama hit my phone and said, Rap's no good. Cougars need this, drops back. Pressure from behind. Falls out! Falls out! Falls out on the field and they break both down on the The streak lift! Oh, baby!
0: Now, here are your hosts Ryan Koenigsberg, Jake Shapiro, and
2: Ted Chelton.
1: Welcome into the BSN Buffs podcast, coming to you from the lovely, the beautiful, the incomparable Blake Street Tavern and folks. The sports. The sports are good.
2: Confirmed. Oh, my
0: God.
1: Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! That's Ted's podcast topic, actually the first podcast topic.
0: Oh today. my god! Do you realize what's going on here? Let me let me tell you something.
1: Well, let me tell you something first. <laughs> oh wait,
0: I think I know what it is.
1: We have a new opportunity for you, Ted. What? You got to go to mybookie.lv. Oh wow! Because you can win cash fast. There, when you win, and it's no hassle either. You can cash out, no hassle. And They're fast payouts, fast payouts, no hassle. Uh, thousands of experts and rookies are playing and winning big there. They offer real Las Vegas odds, amazing player props, and live in game action with odds updated in real time. But the best thing about mybookie.lv, guys, fast, best, no, no hassle, hassle payouts. Payout. When you win, when you win. Join now. And <laughs> Join now and they'll match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000 and get an extra 10% on top of that when you use promo code BSN Denver. Make sure to do that today because we don't know how much longer that will apply. Or just k-
2: keep waiting for the next podcast because we'll just keep saying make sure to do it today.
1: Yeah, well, let's go back to Ted's podcast yeah. topic that we have on our sheet, which is, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god.
0: So... Oh, my God, there have only been eight perfect home seasons in CU football history and seven 10-win seasons in the history of this program. And here we are. They can do that on Saturday. It's really that close. There's nothing they have to do to get through. There's no more tests. It's just this. It's one game. If they win, they win the Pac-12 South. They go 8-1 and one in the conference. They win eight conference games for the first time in the history of the program oh, my God, can you believe this is really happening? The rise is no longer real. The rise is surreal. It's absolutely unbelievable.
2: Yeah, my oh, my God uh, is just, like, walking up to Folsom even last Saturday and just seeing all the people, like, partying and smiling. And, like, there's just a different feel in the air of, like, real games. Like, there's a difference between people tailgating to tailgate and people tailgating to go watch football. Everyone was tailgating to go watch football. I literally sat there and, like, almost welled up just thinking about it because it really does bring me back to my childhood it takes me back to being a kid you know it, it's it's this is the reincarnation this is sixty two thirty six all over again i mean you wake up after thanksgiving and i realize it's two days after thanksgiving but you're going up to a game with the division title on the line and it's crazy for me thinking that this 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 game will be 15 consecutive seasons without missing a game for me well the last game of the first season was 62-36 for the division title, and now 15 years later, they're again playing for a division title. That Uh, was when the streak started? Yep. Wow. I
1: I will say, this brings people back so much that an amazing SID, Dave Platty, and this is not a knock on him. Uh, Actually, in his media email today, said Pac-12 North. What would happen if the Buffs win the Pac-12 North next this week? It's been so long since the Buffs won a division,
2: he just thought it was a North division. Right. It
1: it was pretty funny. But I, I had several, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God moments Saturday, Uh, being around the program right now is unbelievable. I can't speak to enough how fortunate I am to be in the situation I am, but I walk into Folsom Field on Saturday, and I walk down to the field after I get my broadcast booth set up, and all of a sudden, I get tapped on the shoulder by uh, pat graham from ap and he goes hey have you seen michael westbrook i'm like oh yeah like just talk to michael westbrook like he's over there now and i look back over where he is and it's michael westbrook lance carl tyler Columbus, matt mcchesney gary barnett and a few other like pretty solid buffaloes just hanging out a couple
2: friends of the program there just, matt mcchesney and tyler Columbus. <laughs> oh no
1: doubt no doubt and uh they're just hanging out whatever and all of a sudden Tyler Columbus and Joel Clatt are like you know kicking it old school and it's just like it brings you back and to the days where CU football was CU football and there's there's been so many different moments throughout this just past week alone let alone the entire season where you go there's no way I just saw what I just saw because it's not supposed to be like this. It hasn't been like this for forever. And that's basically my every day. I wake up, I go to practice, I hear something, I see something, and or I write about something, and I'm like, I can't. Like, I even tweeted it. I can't believe I'm writing about the you, dark years in the past tense now. Like, all of it is just absolutely surreal. That's a really good word, Ted.
2: Yeah. I mean, not just because it rhymes.
1: <laughs> it's, it's,
2: <laughs> it's so special on so many levels, and I think – We've talked about it so much, but how fast it happened. Yeah, I mean. Even Mike McIntyre admits today, while, yes, of course, their goal was a Pac 12 championship, they, he admits they're a year early. He really thinks they were, you know, when he's, if he was to set a timeline when he got here, he wouldn't have had this happening this year. They're top, they're number nine in the country as we sit here today. Yep. And (laughs) no one, I mean, no one, no one. Predicted that. Zero people no. in the world predicted Absolutely that. Absolutely
1: nobody. What, what was, Ted, because I had you on my show uh, right before the season started. I remember. And you had a best case scenario right. prediction. What was that?
0: Eight and four. It's already not eligible to happen. It's over. It cannot be correct.
2: The, the funny thing is I really wish I would have done my best case, worst case, and I really wanted to. You did Gar- it last year. Teed. Guaranteed. I would not have said nine wins as a best case scenario. I I would have said eight, probably. I thought there were
0: four games that they had no chance to win, and those were at Oregon, at Michigan, at Stanford, and at USC. And they went two and two in those games.
1: And they have three more games, at least three more games that they're gonna have a chance. Well, at At least least two two more more games where they're gonna have a chance to win, but it's shaping up like they might have three or even maybe more. (laughs)
0: Let's not get Two we're gonna talk about. I'm just saying, we're,
1: we'll get to that in a little bit. But I first, don't know if we can even talk about I that. First, I want to go back a little bit and look at this, uh, this Wazoo game because, uh, in my opinion, it was probably the best team they faced since Michigan. Uh, it was a very solid football team. And Colorado didn't come out very – they weren't flying when they came out in the first half. But in the second half, what they did in the second half, I, I believe they oh, they only allowed seven points and they were all in the third quarter and they outscored them 24-7 to 7 or something like that whatever it was the score the effort and the intensity that they brought in the second half was so impressive that they could do that to a top bonafide top 25 team that had looked that good and had a quarterback that good and was destroying them in, in ways that they hadn't been destroyed in the first half like they their secondary got eaten in the first half that hadn't happened all year come back in the second half Luke Falk had a bad day all of a sudden
0: it was um, it was amazing it's the kind of thing that you're just not used to seeing I was thinking, oh, boy, it was a nice run, but, oh, boy, they're not up to this. That's, that's fu- really what went through my mind because I'm t- I'm, I'm, I'm tr- I know I've tried on this new optimistic persona this year, but deep down inside, that's still how I think. And to see the way they came out in the second half and the way they just put that game away and absolutely stepped on Washington State's throat and never let them get back in the game was absolutely unbelievable.
2: It's interesting that you say that because a lot of people around me were feeling that way. And even Brandon Spano who uh has he he's been a buffs fan and he texted me in the morning he's like how are you feeling and i was just like i'm good i'm just hap- i'm just happy to be here at folsom like right now like i was in that like emotional nostalgic state yeah. and he was like i'm really anxious about this one and i never felt like they were going to lose ever at any point wow even when they were losing i was just like eh, they're going to find a way
0: i i only felt that way after Nick Fisher got the fourth down stop, I was like, oh, they're really not going to let this happen. I, I also – That, the that went defensive
1: down. play, by the way, by Nick Fisher, that's one of the best defensive plays I've seen from a, a, co- like a corner in coverage because the way that happened was he was back further down covering a guy out on the, uh, the sideline, and Luke Falk found that dump out guy uh, right over the middle. Fisher runs ten to fifteen yards, but while while Falk is throwing, between the time Falk throws the ball and the guy catches it, Fisher catches him. Like I've I haven't seen a guy like do that like the way Nick Fisher just like did there. It was a hell of a play. But I'm um, going back to me.
2: Right. I back when, to me the when, right like RK always says. When, when <laughs> Seppo went down, I was like he's coming back. Oh yeah, me too. Uh, when Akello went out, I was like he's coming back uh, for different reasons. But it, it's just so. I felt so confident in the team that I will admit the one time when Chris Graham lined up for that field goal, I wasn't thinking that he, I wasn't, I wasn't being cut. I just felt if he misses this, I think they they might lose Fair. And so that was the one time I, I but I just, this, this team has destiny. They have oh, destiny yeah. inside of them and it's just like, man, I just don't see the, the, the case that they, a, a case where they lose. The person that I can like the, the performance that I can't stop thinking about is Safa Lufau. It was a performance that I already was going to tell my grandkids about Safa Lufau and the t- like when you're like oh back in my day like yeah. the football players you know they had guys like Safa Lufau much tougher back then. That's the game you'll go back to. And I hate that this name is kind of faux pas around here these days, but that felt like a Tim Tebow-esque college performance. Just injured, battered, beaten up, and he just continued to call his own number in the red zone because he's like, I am getting this ball across that line and no one is stopping me. Uh, It it gave me goosebumps watching it because I was like, this is the type of special college performance that we'll remember for years to come, maybe the rest of our lives. Yeah, when
1: he was walking the ball in on that read option, I was like, I'm going to see this moment where he walks the ball and on the read option for 50 years. You know, th- that video you're going to see. Uh, and it cement Sefa Lufau's legacy. If you haven't read my story, please check it out. Uh, I put a lot into that. Uh, it, it says a lot about how I feel and how Ryan feels because I've kind of con- kind of turned into one of <laughs> my opinions and Ryan's at this point. But uh, it really does say a lot about what Sefa Lufau does. And, and there was a great moment in the press conference today where he was asked uh, – could he ever envision running the ball 20 times in college? And he just goes, no, I I didn't think I was a running quarterback. And he talked about the transition to being a running quarterback and making those efforts to be able to take the hits and the toughness that comes from his family and all these different things. And then he was asked, well, how would you feel Sunday morning when you woke up? He goes, perfect.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's such a badass. That's amazing. I mean, right, that's like he got asked, how are you feeling Um which game was that after? And he asked. He asked uh, the Brian reporter. Good. How are you? How are you feeling? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's Brian, Howell, Brian Howell,
2: And Brian That was a funny, uh, funny day because Brian Howe kept going back at him. But you know, to confirm, you are okay, right? And finally, Seppo was like fed up with it. He's like, "Do you want to go play a game right now?" Because I will. <laughs> the thing is, you you
0: say you'll talk about how tough Seppo was to your grandkids how they don't make him like that anymore. Well, guess what? They don't make him like that anymore. Now he is a truly exceptional individual.
2: He is. And and, I mean, at this point, especially depending on how this season ends, uh, you know, you hope for it to end on a high note because there's a very good, like there's a good chance. We'll be talking about stuff. Oh, as the best buff ever in terms of what it means to be a buff. Like he's the the most Deserving Buffalo Heart Award winner ever, I think.
1: Yeah, it was cool. I mean, there were three or four different Buffalo Heart Award winners at the game yesterday between Chev or not yesterday Saturday between Chev and Klatt and all these different guys, and it's like, I wonder what's going through their heads and just going like, this guy makes me proud that I've also earned this trophy kind of thing. I, I was I was seriously wondering. Like, I want to talk. I might actually talk to Darren Cheverine about that tomorrow. That's but, actually a good idea. But you know,
0: here's the thing his spirit and his toughness goes down to everybody. Akello Witherspoon came back in the game twice after being down on the field and looking to be in a pretty bad way two times, he comes back in the game and is able to make effective plays.
2: He just sometimes he I think he exaggerates his injuries a little bit, but hey, still I like the narrative. Look at Phil.
0: The goosebump moment for me was Phil's last touchdown when they went up 38-24 because it was one of those things where you just think how is he still moving forward? And then when he got in the end zone, just the release of emotion from everybody in the crowd around me and from the team, and Gus Johnson, which, of course, I wouldn't find out until later, had a great Gus Johnson call on that. Um, it, was, it was magical. It was just like you saw, and I, th- I was hoping this would be the difference. They wanted it more. 100%.
2: I, hey, how about the wide receivers? You talked about Phil churning his legs. I realized it ended up costing Bryce Bobo an injury. Those right. dudes run like running backs. I mean, even going all the way to Shea Fields. And they those block guys, like linemen. Right. they Their legs churning after yeah. the catch when they get wrapped up. You don't see that out of wide receivers. Those dudes, every one of them was fighting for every single yard in that game. KB and Enzo twice. Right. Got a lot of yards when he was wrapped up. That was – that's all Chev right there uh, putting that into their minds, but – Man, that is, they're, they're not the biggest group of wide receivers by any stretch of the mind, but they might be one of the toughest in the country.
1: The biggest moment for me that characterizes this football team from that game was the, when Washington State was trying to drive late, and they're down 14 points, and I'm still going to bet on Luke Falk. I thought Luke Falk would to get at least one touchdown and make it close, and you have Tedrick Thompson drop an easy pick, right? and you're thinking, okay, here they go. Here's Washington State's opportunity. Not with this defense. Not with this defense. Jimmy Gilbert gets his first sack of the day. It's a stripped sack, and Addison Gillum's there for the fumble. All of the guys, all of the big names that you need to show up in a moment like that, show up. And to me, that's what this football team's about. You know, no matter what happens, no matter what bad break they've gotten, and they've gotten a lot. You know, there's only been four or five bounces that I can think of that directly helped the Buffaloes. They've gotten probably twice that that have gone against them. They make their own breaks, right? and that's the sign of a good football team. They went out there and got the ball out of Luke Falk's hands. Luke Falk didn't drop that football.
2: Right. It's incredible. It really is incredible to watch. It's incredible uh, from a a writing standpoint. I know we keep talking about this. There's just so many stories to tell within this. Uh, It's incredible from a fan standpoint. It's incredible from someone who's watched this program rise and and fall and then rise again Uh, and – it's just now national outlets are coming in late, and they're like, oh, I my know. gosh, look at this story. How can we capture
1: it? And By not spelling guys' names right.
2: <laughs> and so, you, you know, I think it's really cool for everyone, although I hope fans remember the, the outlets that were there covering the team when, uh, when they were in the dumps. I'll
1: tell you what McIntyre certainly does. The real fans will
0: remember. The people who are coming up to speed at the same time as the national outlets might not, but, you know, the people who were actually there – they know who thought what before the season.
1: You know, you talk about incredible, Ryan, though. You know what's incredible? Oh, boy. What? We're going to cheapen this whole thing. The craft beer selection at Colorado Keg House. The cr- Colorado, ha- Colorado <laughs> Keg House. Colorado House. Wow, that was a mouthful. The Colorado Keg House is in Broomfield right next to the First Bank Center with 75 Colorado craft beers on tap. Colorado Craft Beers. And you know what Colorado State's University is? The University <laughs> of Colorado, according to Mike McIntyre today. Colorado State's University just sounds really he weird. He just threw that in there in one of his Colorado quotes.
0: State's University. Colorado's <laughs> the State of state. Colorado's well, the, University. Well, he said
1: the State of Colorado's University. Yeah. Uh, They're the home for Colorado Craft Beer. From what, what beers? Not what beers. Wheat beers. To, I'm really struggling. To nitros, to IPAs, to ales. I got it. Okay. That's was okay. Uh, nobody does craft beer like the Colorado Keg House. You can sit in their huge bar, their table, or their lounge area. No matter where you sit, you will sit in front of a TV with sports on. So, next time you're looking for something to do, go down to the Colorado Keg House off of Wadsworth and 36 in Broomsfield. Broomsfield? So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Whose Brooms is this? Whose Brooms is this? Anyways, the well, rankings just came out uh, while well, we're doing this. Rankings. It's going to be. 18, well, like 36 hours ago by the time you hear this when it comes out, but because we're doing this on Tuesday this week, but Colorado comes out at 9, which is uber significant and whatnot, but uh, who they're playing <laughs> whatnot, what, who they're playing, Utah is ranked now at 22, I believe yeah. it was, and they dropped 10 spots, and Ted, I, I know you had an opinion on this, uh, Yeah, I mean, you don't think they're yeah. going,
0: you don't think the Buffs can go to the college football playoff well, we'll regardless of what they we'll do? We'll go
1: further, well, that's a little bit later. Okay. But what's but my opinion what, on this again? You said uh, how much this potentially hurts the Buffs, yeah. that they're they're playing, uh, that they're not playing, or, or, well, because Utah lost to Oregon and all yeah. these different things. But Utah does drop 10 spots because of Oregon in the rankings they lost to Oregon. And what's bigger, I think, for the Buffs is that the Buffs aren't playing Utah for the Pac-12 South now. The yeah. Buffs are playing themselves essentially for the Pac-12 South. You know, it's either the Buffs win or the Buffs lose. It's not whether Utah wins or Utah loses. It could be
0: helpful for the actual outcome of the game. I would have liked the Buffs in this game even if Utah was still alive for the Pac-12 South. But now it's that same thing. As you know, Washington State, yeah, they can talk about how important it is to go 1-0 every week, but they knew in the back of their mind that it didn't matter a thing if they won or lost. It didn't mean anything. They knew that the Apple Cup was going to be their season and that this game against CU didn't matter. Now Utah, they can talk about wanting to play spoiler or playing for pride, but they know that they're out, and they know that they're not really playing for anything, really. Nothing's going to change them being beneath USC, beneath CU, beneath Washington. Beneath.
1: That's such a demeaning word. I'm just saying in terms of the standings.
0: In the standings, they're just not going to play in a Rose Bowl or anything like that. It's out of the question for them now. And I think that CU has a mental edge there that they know how bad they need this. And I also, I do think that they'll probably be a more mentally tough team than just about anybody they play to begin with. Um, So that's good. But at the same time, it would have been nice to add a top 10 win because when you start looking at resumes, that was CU's first win that came against a top 25 team this last week. It depends on what you want. (laughs) It does depend on what you want. I'm saying if we want to get into the playoff and maybe we don't, then you want Utah to be ranked as highly as possible. But RK, and I would tend to agree with him, thinks that maybe that's not the best option for CU.
1: Let's, let's well, hold the college football playoff bowl thing off. Let's talk about Utah. Okay. okay. I,
2: I think Ted is onto to something there when he says that Utah, I mean, they have nothing to play for. You, you, the, the spoiler role, I think, gets played up so much. Um, these are kids. They're very, I mean, they're emotional. And the fact that they cannot win this conference anymore matters. Um, really, at this point, they're kind of starting to think about, oh man, maybe I can go on a you know a vacation with my girl during this or that. It's they're they're no longer thinking about this could be a special season. We can really reach our goals, and that's just human nature. So, I'd be hard pressed to see a Utah team. That can, any way, shape, or form, match the energy, the uh, the toughness, the everything that Colorado is going to bring onto that field on Saturday in front of a sold-out crowd, going absolutely nuts. There's just no
1: as is as humans. There's no way that Utah
2: is going to be able to match that.
1: And that's because it's impossible for Colorado to lose wearing gold, black, black.
2: <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> That's. I mean, it's not even close, how much better that uniform is than anything they can wear, but also anything anyone in the country can wear.
0: It is. I just hope they wear the long white socks. That's part of it.
2: That's the sixty-two thirty-six look for sure.
0: But they did it in other games too. They have other games But that, that was game.
2: the yeah. That's the Barnett era. Yeah. Gold black black combo. They probably won't. I think they. I. I would assume they're going to go black socks. Yeah. What If they go
1: gold socks. Yeah.
2: Don't do that.
0: <laughs> Aside quickly. I'm glad we don't have to permanently retire silver-black-silver silver as a uniform combo, because if they had lost, we would have had to permanently ditch that as a uniform combo. But That I looked like that. really good. I like looked that. looked nice. I want
2: silver-black-black.
0: Black. I do too. But I'm saying silver-black-silver silver is a combo they can use in the future, getting back to the old-school roots of CU with the silver helmets. I, like, I'm glad we can do that now that they won.
2: I would never. I wouldn't mind if they wore black pants at home every single time. I know gold-black-gold is so but the black the go- pants just the gold this so here isn't better. right either that's yeah, part of the I know. problem how
0: do they keep messing that up yeah the gold is not right on the pants
2: they don't have like shiny gold pants anymore no Nike doesn't do shiny unless you're the cowboys and
0: you like must have put in a special order or something like why can't they just pants. give us
2: the shiny gold pants
0: Nike
1: get in touch with us that's gonna be the title of the podcast why <laughs> can't they just give us the shiny gold pants <laughs> that's what this devolved down oh, to autobiography name <laughs> <laughs> There we go. That's the name champ. of the book about the rise. I, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> just salty. Like it centers around the shiny gold pants. Remarkably, then, Colorado was
2: able to rise whilst wearing pants that didn't wear didn't match their helmets. And
1: after they won the Rose Bowl, Nike finally granted them the shiny gold <laughs> That's pants. That's what we were playing for
2: the whole season. <laughs> can they get? Can they give it to CU for the Rose Bowl? Like, like get they they can get special jerseys? Right. A lot of teams
1: do. We'll talk about the bowl game. Yeah, you guys right. are killing me. Shap, get us on topic, please. Um, Joe Williams, Philip Lindsey. Game's going to come down to running backs. Talk. What? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Philip Lindsey, Joe Williams, uh, going to be the biggest matchup in this game, most likely, in my opinion. Uh, the two running backs, stars on each team. Joe Williams coming out of retirement, having a great <laughs> – I don't know if it was really retirement if you uh, – He had a week. He had a week <laughs> off. Or two. Uh, he comes back I and reti- has a monster like, game I'm against i going for a week. I'm bo-
2: taking vacation. I'm retiring.
1: Our boss would kill you and then, like, call me a million times because he thought, like, basically inside the secrets of the company, uh, our boss thought <laughs> Ry- Ry- Ryan, like, didn't tweet for, like, three hours the other day and, like, hadn't responded to our boss's text. So I got a call from our boss, and he goes, uh, have you heard from Ryan? I think he might be dead. <laughs> It's like three hours man no. can't
2: spend some time with his
0: mom anymore Literally, remember when we thought Cam was dead a year ago Because he wasn't on Twitter for like four hours Yeah. Like, oh, that was actually now. a real thing That was, that. was really scary
1: That was actually was really napping. scary what a loser. <laughs> He took a nap and we thought he died Wow uh, what, is,
0: what is sleep but a, you know, a guided tour of death <laughs>
1: God damn God, this got dark so quickly I, I feel so up. bad for the family That says they listen to this podcast <laughs> Seriously, There's nothing but darkness
2: out. afterwards, children. <laughs> but seriously, shout-out uh, to someone who came up to us on Saturday and said part of their game day routine was listening to the podcast on the way up to Boulder. That actually made me feel, like, really, really awesome because
1: I'm a I'm big on game day routines. Yeah. Shout-out to anyone that comes up and says this is part of their weekly routine. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. It it's really awesome. is. Uh, but uh, trying to go back to Utah a little bit, uh, Utah – We've talked about it ad nauseum already, but they're a team that does not have that will anymore. Colorado still does have that will. And to me, this game is a a game of will because it's the front sevens. It's going to come down to the front sevens. Utah is a very physical team. Their defensive line and their running backs are their two best parts of their team. Well, when you don't have that will anymore, that really affects those two aspects of your game. Yeah, I mean,
2: look how much it affected us on this podcast when we didn't have our will it got better.
1: That, it got better. <laughs> the podcast 10 times better. Well now
2: looking back on it maybe uh, maybe Utah might win. Oh U- boy.
1: Utah might win based on Will Wayland. Yes. No, here's Blame Will
2: qu- Wayland. Wait, now let me
0: let me say something that's actually relevant to the discussion for once. Um, can't relate. I'm a little bit concerned. I actually am. It's in my nature to be, but I feel like a lot of people now that Utah has lost are overlooking this game, thinking OCU oh, got by their big test in Washington State and it's going to be a breeze. I think Utah presents a lot of challenges for CU. They're very big up front. The offense is going to, the offensive line is going to have to play just as well as they played last week and a lot better than they played in recent games.
2: I agree with that, but I, I also don't. Uh, it's okay for you and I to overlook anyone we want. We don't have to play the game. I don't think yeah anyone in that locker room anyone sitting in those offices at the champion center is overlooking utah they have been through the fire and flames they know that you dragon don't dragon force yes they know that you don't take games lightly you can't they you know they're not they're still not good enough well, to do that I and they're alex, a top 10 team in the country
0: yeah. i loved alex kelly's quote at the presser today which was if we don't win on saturday we haven't done anything we've just won a bunch of games their goal exactly. is going to be ruined if they don't win on Saturday. So I, I don't think you have to worry about them not
1: being you, every one of those. Enough.
2: Every single kid in that locker room is prepar- preparing for Saturday to be the biggest game of their life.
1: And I think a special group that is preparing even more so, not only for it to be the biggest game of their life, but maybe the most emotional game of their life, is the seniors. Uh, this is the class that came into Colorado, Ma- McIntyre's first class, and now they're going to be leaving as the ninth-ranked team in the country or whatever they end up at the end of the year, but this is going to be Seppel Lufau's last game at Folsom Field. Alex Kelly, Cheeto Wuzi, all these guys, Tedrick Thompson, whatever. There's there's maybe 15, 20 guys that have meant so much to this program that will be playing their last game at Folsom Field on Saturday. And the way they reacted today, it was really interesting because none of them are thinking about it. You could tell. They're all going, oh, yeah, it is going to be my last game at Folsom, but it's not going to be our last game of the season because we were so good. And and that was a really cool thing. Here's what I have to say. Get
2: your ass in that stadium before the game to thank these kids for what they did for this program. If you aren't in there when they announce the the seniors for Senior Day, you might as well turn in your badge and gun because you are ungrateful and a bad person. That was kind of mean
1: to Tomasaki Zili. Sorry.
0: (laughs) You all can't be the number one cop, but you'll definitely be off the force if you weren't there half an hour before the game on Saturday. I'll it? be there see all day. What is it, see
1: you in si- 60 or see you in 30? See you in is- 60. Oh.
0: You need to get there. Look, we've done better as a fan base, and I can say that we because I have been in the crowd and not in the press box, of getting there. It's okay. You're the r- fanalist. It's okay. I'm not a fanalist. <laughs> um, but anyway, we've done better. We need to do even better than that. It looked pretty good at the start of the washington state game but the place needs to be full not just not just by game time but well before game time because this ceremony is going to be incredibly
2: emotional right i mean don't do it for ted don't do it for me don't even do it for ralphie do it for the kids who did this they are the reason you're even probably going to the game on saturday for a lot of you and so much shade they deserve so much so much gratitude from this fan base. They deserve a standing ovation uh, as loud as the stadium's been all season for every single one of them. Uh, and I really, really hope people get in there and realize what those kids did to change the culture at this program.
1: Yeah, I was looking at the senior day pictures from last year, and it's pretty weak. How many people were there at the time Nelson Spruce was announced one of the best players in Colorado football history? I think you can say that. Uh, but it's it's weak even for guys like Nelson Spruce going back to last year, because when Alex Kelly, Cepha Lufau, and Kenneth Olobode talk about why they've been able to do what they've done as a senior class. It's because of guys like Tyler McCulloch, uh, Nelson Spruce, DD Goodson. There's so many guys going back that have contributed to this class. It's not just these guys that you're celebrating. When you stand in, cheer for a guy like Sefa Lufau you're cheering for the 15 guys that were so meaningful to him as a freshman. You're cheering for a lineage and a legacy of Colorado football and that's what was talked about so much today and it's so important because there wasn't that connection about five years ago with this Colorado football program. It's I'm here, this is my class these are my guys, whatever. Now it's Colorado football, these were my guys, these are my guys, these will be my guys for life.
2: Well, and going back a little bit to the story I wrote after the Oregon game, Cheeto talked about every single year he's been at, in this program, senior day has been the hardest day because he knew when he walked down that, into that locker room after the game, there's going to be a, a gang of seniors with tears in their eyes knowing that was the last game they ever played in black and gold.
0: Now the only question is going to be whether CU has won, two or three games afterwards. I
1: I will say this. I want to stay on Senior Day for one second. All those seniors for three years have played for the seniors before them for three years. They talked about it today, how important it was for them to play for the seniors for three years. Uh, This year they're playing for themselves. And sometimes it's good to get selfish. And... They're getting selfish. They're, they're going to play for themselves on this Saturday, and I'm really excited to see what, what they do when they're playing for themselves, so to speak, and uh, I think that's meaningful. And I, I want to talk about what happens after the game a little bit here too uh, because if Colorado wins, they win the Pac-12 South, right? That's, that's, that's definite. That's 100% correct, confirmed. It, the students are out over break. Uh, a lot of them will be coming back Saturday, at least a lot of them that I know, uh, because of they knew how big this game could be. Uh, of course, there's a little bit taken away because Utah can't win the Pac-12 South, but still Colorado can win the Pac-12 South on the last game of the season in Folsom Field. If they do that, no matter the score, in my opinion, there should and there will be a field rush, uh, and it is. It should be welcomed. There's whatever picture that everyone uses of Bill McCartney, I think that's from 86. Hey, I think right?
0: that the one that everyone uses of him on the shoulders is actually 89. Okay, well, when 89. They won, when they won well, and
1: guaranteed the Orange Bowl. McIntyre deserves that same picture. Oh, yeah. Basically, if they win on Saturday. And the field goal post should be torn down. Every single thing that could be done to that stadium should be done after the game if Colorado takes care of business.
2: Yeah. I agree. I completely agree. I mean, charge the field, you know, douse the coaches – hoist the players, chant their names. Uh, It It needs to be more
0: than just the students, too. Yeah, There there shouldn't be a square inch of green on that field.
2: Everyone get down there. Why not? I I want to
1: be mad that I'm not able to get to the press conference walking across the field.
2: (laughs) Why not? Everyone should be out there on the field celebrating with that team. They deserve it. You deserve it. So so get out there and celebrate. I I I will say this. I know where
1: this is going. I will say this. This is my – I have something to say going back to the podcast last year. Uh, Rick George – just released a video on CBuffs.com that was along the lines of wait one minute to rush the field because we won't get fined uh, if we wait one minute. We're not paying a $100,000 fine for you to rush the field is kind of what Rick said. I'll tell you what. I can almost guarantee you Rick George does not care if you rush the field. He was, he was saying that just to save face or whatever. Rick I mean, George would love to see your bottom on the field, after the game, right after whoever makes the last tackle or after McIntyre shakes Whittingham's hand, whatever happens, I guarantee you everyone in that athletic department, no matter the fine, would love to see everyone on that field. Uh, and they're willing to pay $100,000. Well, let's look at it this way. Ted, yeah? what's the average ticket price? Oh,
0: I would say if you factor in the club level, it's got to be 100 bucks.
2: So you're multiplying that by 50000 Yeah,
0: 100000 Huh? It's a hundred thousand, if we do it this time.
2: No, I'm saying you're multiplying hundred dollars times fifty thousand. Oh, fans. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can afford a hundred thousand dollar fine.
1: Yeah, and they, and as Ted noted to me earlier when I was watching that video, he's like, they've wa- they've gotten way more ticket sales than they were projected to this year, uh, because of the success. They can they can afford it. Yeah, so. Don't feel bad like all high and mighty CU Buffs fan trying to save the program $100,000. I know some people who are going to be mad, but look. No, rush the damn There were a field. lot of
0: people, myself included, who didn't think we should have rushed against Washington State. You're not going to stop a bunch of people with six beers in them who were standing in the end zone with one security guard trying to keep them off the field. It's just not going to happen, folks. If
2: they wanted to stop it, they could probably stop it.
0: Yeah, but throw they down
2: did. some, throw down the SWAT team with some riot gear down there. Right, no but they don't down. do that.
0: They throw a couple of guys in, you know, Argus gear, and they just kind of stand there and look at you, and that's that's nothing.
2: All right, I was okay with the field rush, and I was going to make this into a big thing, but I'm just going to cut to the point. Everything was fine. I was okay with the students being down there. It was a big moment. It was really the biggest win any of those students had ever seen in the stadium. Very true. Whilst on the field, though. Oh God, I heard something. That was, frankly, sickening Sickening is a good word. Fans, students chanting, it sucks to be a CSU Ram. Did this actually happen? Yes. This really happened. Folks, you are a top ten team in the country. Colorado State does not exist anymore. Wait, it's when true. was the
1: last time Colorado State was ranked in the, at nine or above? Never, actually. Oh, there you As go. As it just there so it happens
2: is. to turn out. The fact that while on that field... You were thinking about Colorado State. Makes me want to crawl into a hole and die. It's the
0: thing. I can forgive it by there was one or two idiots who started it, and then everybody else was so drunk they didn't care. But it's still embarrassing.
2: It's real, real embarrassing.
0: It was was the cringiest part of what, for me, despite the fact that it was the first win over a ranked opponent in seven years, was still kind of a cringy experience. I kind of just walked down and wandered around the periphery i was hoping everybody would save it for next week but then again who knows the buffs might lose and i might wish that i had enjoyed it more
2: i'm saying if they if you're on the field this week and the and the combination of letters csu comes out of your mouth turn in your badge and gun
1: <laughs>
2: all right rk
0: there. policing cu fans on what is acceptable behavior hey but you That's know what, what we're here for
1: you know what you need to turn in Some betting slips, and the perfect place to do that is mybookie.lv because of the fast, no-hassle payouts. When you win, uh, join now, and they'll match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000. They offer real Las Vegas odds, live player props, and live in-game action with odds updated in real time. But the best thing about mybookie.lv is the fast, no-hassle payouts. When you win, expert or rookie, you got to go check out mybookie.lv. Guys, uh, if the buffs win, uh, and this is another if the buffs win, They'll be playing in the Pac-12 championship game on Friday, December 2nd in Santa Clara. And they will be playing the winner of the Apple Cup, Washington versus Washington State. Of course, the Buffs beat Washington State last week. And Washington is ranked in the top ten. But you have to ask the question, which team would you rather play if you're the Colorado Buffaloes?
2: I mean, to me, and this goes into a deeper discussion that we're going to have. Right. I want them to play Washington State. I think Washington State is the more beatable team. Uh, I think the Buffs know they match up with them well. I know they know they can beat them. They know how to beat them. So, to me, you, you want to play that because that way they are at they are going up against a team that they know they can beat. And if you win that game, not only – I mean, that's an even a more amazing like, – you won the Pac-12. I don't care who you played. You're putting a trophy in the trophy case. You're putting a banner. you know that kind of stuff. I realize you want to make it to the college football playoff. some people. but <laughs> winning a conference championship is uh, to me something that you always want to do. You would not want to you would not choose to play the tougher team for the chance of maybe going to the college football
1: playoff. You think you think Washington State's clearly the easier team for Colorado to, to beat. me, yes.
0: I worry about this with playing Washington State if we're talking about the team CU's most likely to beat. They had some drops. And Luke Falk
1: and it wasn't like them, it was their missed. best receiver had those drops too. It wasn't yeah. just like a collection them. It was their best receiver screwed up a few times. And
0: Falk overthrew a couple of wide open guys, which was kind of unlike him. I do While I think that CU was the better team on the field and it's not like they got lucky or anything, I do get scared thinking about trying to play Luke Falk in that receiving core again. Because they could have had 38 points.
2: They could have. But I also still felt like CU got some unfortunate breaks against them, some unfortunate calls, some – I mean, Luke Falk made some incredible, like incredible across-the-field throws and really tight windows. Yeah. Yes, he's capable of doing that, but that's a lot uh, to expect of him. They got him in in a lot of third-down situations. I thought they did a great job of handling that. So, uh, top to bottom, Washington is a more talented team. I just don't know how good Washington is.
1: I'm going to say this. It's very hard to beat a good team twice. Right. It's very, very hard, and that concerns me. And I'll also say this. Ryan and I have watched a couple of Washington games together – and we basically came to the conclusion that they're beatable for the Buffs. At the start of the year, we didn't think the Buffs could beat Washington, but I think they really could. And they Washington, can beat everyone but Alabama. Washington comes into this game as six-point favorites on the road at Washington State in Pullman, and what I will say is I think it takes everything Washington State has to beat Washington, but I don't think it takes everything Washington has to beat Washington State and that's a huge thing because then you go into a short week. It's a six-day week instead of a seven-day week, and you're trying to recover after you basically burn your entire playbook or you burn all your your health or whatever you do to get that game, get that one, and then you have to play a game six days later. I think Colorado matches up pretty well with Washington State after that because they're going to be pretty bruised up, whereas Washington, on the other hand, yeah, they're not going to cruise. It's going to be a tough game, but I don't think they need to pull out all the stops against Washington State, nor will they because they think they're going to go to the college football playoff.
2: I think that's a good point, and I, but it just goes back to me. Washington is the more talented football team, in my opinion. Now, Washington State can go beat them and prove that they were the better team on that day, but I still believe that Washington poses a greater threat to CU in the grand scheme of things with their front seven, with their talent at wide receiver, which is better than Washington State's. Um, they're, they're not quite as talented at the quarterback position, but to me they just, they're just they a little more scary, to especially with the way they match up with the Buffs. And we've already confirmed that the Buffs match up well or well enough to beat them by two touchdowns at home. And
1: that leads us to what we've been trying to get to the entire time, but realistically – what is the best possible option for Colorado in terms of a bowl? Yes, they could go to the college football playoff if everything breaks right. But in your opinion, what is the best possible scenario for you know this week, next week, which would be the Pac-12 title game and then a bowl game? Ryan, I'll start with you.
2: Well, to me, the best, the best case scenario for CU the rest of the season, in my opinion, is they win this week, obviously. They face Washington State in the Pac-12 championship, win that, get all the way up to number five or six, go to the Rose Bowl, and win the Rose Bowl. That, to me, is the perfect ending to this season. I realize you can dream up the scenario of them going to the college football playoffs, somehow upsetting Alabama, so on and so forth. That, to me, is just like now you've gotten ahead of yourself.
0: So Yeah, I don't know if we can go there.
2: So, I think it's very realistic for what I just said to happen. Uh, And then you can whine and moan and complain when you uh, when Alabama blows whoever out of the water and beats them by forty, and you were five. You can be like, ah, should have been us. Like maybe we had a better chance. So that to me is the perfect scenario. You win. I mean, you win a Pac-12 championship in a Rose Bowl. In a season you were picked 11th in the conference, that is, that gives us no choice but to write the book.
1: Really uh, coming down to 11th hour here. Uh, the oh, season.
2: boy. Uh, that's not even that funny. So
1: it was, it was terrible, actually. For me,
0: it's very similar, but I would rather play Washington and beat Washington. I'm not saying I would rather play them, but for the dream ending to the season... It ends with you beating a top five team at a neutral site game in the conference championship. Well, still it wouldn't ending end up there, number five or number six. It wouldn't end no, there. No, no, but that I was saying. And then you go to the Rose Bowl. Okay. But for me, the script is better if you're playing the number five team and beating them than the number. if They won that game. I don't know. Wazoo would be seventeen, maybe sixteen. So yeah.
2: Okay,
1: uh, I'll I say. I totally
2: th- understand. Why. to me, I just I'm I'm
1: trying to think of the best
2: possible scenario that i think has the best chance of happening i think the yeah. best
1: chance of happening overall and the best thing for the bus would be the rose bowl and to win the rose bowl uh i don't care how it happens i, I think uh they need to win the pac-12 title to go to the rose bowl at this point i no, think that's i think washington can still get in i think it's i, I don't i think it's going to be very hard for i guess they're sixth right now I think they're it works out right pretty now. well for them. They're, they're were, fifth. They they're moved fifth. up to fifth tonight. Fifth. Yeah. They are fifth. If they win this week, then – And Ohio State plays Michigan. So they, That's if, what I'm saying. Right. If they win
2: this week, they're pretty much guaranteed to be back in.
1: Well, here's where it starts to get a little nuanced. So, I agree with you. I, I didn't realize they moved up to fifth. So, if Washington wins this week, they beat Colorado in the Pac-12 title game, assuming Colorado gets there, Washington would almost definitely be going to – the uh, college football playoff. Colorado would be, what would that be, 10 and, Ten three. and 3. And there becomes a the debate because the top bowl for the Pac 12 is the Rose Bowl. The secondary bowl is the Alamo Bowl in San Antonio. The third bowl is the Holiday Bowl in San Diego. And if you're the Rose Bowl, do you pick USC over Colorado after Colorado loses to Washington? In that scenario Yeah
0: I know And I hate it because you're punishing the Buffs For playing an extra game that they earned But still don't put it past people to pick USC Because they're USC
2: Of course they
1: want USC in the Rose Bowl So that's why I say I think Colorado Almost needs to win that Pac-12 title game Under any circumstances Because the way I see it playing out Is either Washington goes to the Rose Bowl on a If they win Or USC goes to the Rose Bowl If Colorado doesn't win
2: I can certainly see that. I guess
1: you just root for Notre Dame to upset.
2: Them. <laughs> yeah, and that's right. going to work out well. Right. I mean, well, I mean, I hope I'm Notre Dame back basketball
1: <laughs> maybe could uh, have a chance to beat <laughs> UFC basketball. That factors in, but yeah. uh, I, I think that's that's a, a serious thing that could happen. And I also think that if Colorado loses in the Pac-12 title game to Washington, and Washington, for whatever re- reason, doesn't get into the college football playoff, Washington's in the Rose Bowl. USC's in the Alamo Bowl and Colorado could be in the Holiday Bowl.
2: Right. I mean, it's you just don't like like I, We've talked about how I'm totally okay with going to San Diego. I really love San Diego as a city, but so imagine all the Colorado just, fans in the
1: Gaslamp District.
2: I know. Yeah. But I just hate it's not the book-worthy. idea of. I exactly. I hate the idea of the season ending with a regular bowl.
0: It's got to be the big one.
1: That's how I feel. Okay that's that's fair and valid uh i think everyone has a point there and uh i'm you know.
2: surprised though we need someone on this podcast
1: to argue to that call the playoff us, is a good call idea. Us
2: that, tell us we have a loser's mentality we do and say that of course you i mean bill mccartney would like have his hands around our necks right now probably saying that you never ever turn down a challenge we'll see I, I want to feel that way I, I really wish because like i said i wasn't I, I didn't doubt this team at all last saturday i really feel like they can beat anyone in the country except alabama you that don't. team Go is ahead.
1: so good
2: i mean they they could have 20 nfl players in in their starting 22
1: you know where your wallet will never be strangled where the Clock Tower Grill with three dollar Long Island's on Monday, seventy five cent wings on Wednesday, and three dollars shots on Friday. They are the perfect place to get your pregame on. Stop by there right off the Lincoln Light Rail Station before you head downtown. Maybe catch a Nuggets game, an Avs game, whatever you're doing. Make sure your event starts out at the Clock Tower Grill. Uh, but Ryan, as you're saying, the losers' mentality, the winners' mentality. I don't know what mentality Colorado fans have anymore. I think everyone's just – I mean, Ted's an optimist all of a sudden. Ted's like one of the biggest pessimists I know. It's not a knock on you, Ted. No, it's true. just how you are. The
0: Oregon game changed me, and I wrote a whole article about it. But I've been very optimistic about everything uh, since that point. And I agree with Ryan. I don't want to see CU's season end in the gosh darn Georgia Dome getting beat by 40 to Alabama. I want to see it ending in the Rose Bowl beating some other
2: Big Ten team that's not that great. That's going to be. I mean, that is like also traveling to the Georgia. Like, I I don't want to travel there.
0: So, from that perspective, from the uh, there's another perspective you can take, which is how crazy would it be for CU to make the college football playoff? I mean, that would be.
2: It would be amazing. But it's like then there's like this awkward last page of the book, and it's like, yeah, and then Alabama kind of beat them like fifty nine to three
0: about the Broncos seventy seven season. When they won the AFC and went to that Super Bowl, even though they lost that Super Bowl, people still wrote books about that. People still made movies about that. And a lot of couches, I bet, were burnt.
1: Probably. And that's all that matters. Uh, I want to burn a couch. So How bad. many couches are burned? All, all I'm saying is, you should probably scavenge the uh, the Salvation Greater the Greater Denver uh, Goodwills right now for couches that you will be burning in Boulder on uh, Saturday. Dope. That will be dope. Uh, but please yeah, let it happen. You know what else is dope. <laughs> the weed over at Life Flower Dispensary <laughs> in Glendale just south of Denver. It serves <laughs> medical and recreational marijuana until midnight. They are a one-stop shop and they have something for everyone. Whether you're a smoker or prefer to use topical treatments for your severe pain, That's Life Flower <laughs> carries a huge variety of edibles, infused sodas, concentrates, flowers, and they carry glass too. Check out the menu at WeedMaps.com for specific strains and price details or just show up Two Life Flower off of Leedsdale. I can tell you I'll probably so never dope go dope. there. Anyone want to make predictions for the Colorado-Utah game? Or? We also
2: forgot to make predictions last week, and I, I, I had the Buffs score only off by one point. Hey, me too. What was your score?
0: 37-35. Oh, I was 37-24. So wow. I was only off by I one 38,
1: point. I had 38-24. Oh, really? Yeah. You actually had it? Yeah. I Well, I was – no, I had 35-24. Oh, okay. 24 My bad.
0: Yeah, um, I was, if only we could have missed an extra point like usual, I would have <laughs> been right.
1: Yeah, that's – kickers looked okay. That wow. Chris, kickers. I think Chris
2: Graham deserves a lot of credit. That was a huge field goal. Huge. I thought it was out of his range. He walked out there. Never, I, I, look, I was watching his demeanor. That's like my favorite thing to do when kickers walk on the field. He looked like he was going to make it, and I was like, hmm, okay. And then he made it, and I, I felt like that was a game-changing moment because if he misses that, it's like, oh, they're going to go score a touchdown. The Buffs are going to come back. They're not going to have any confidence to kick a game a game tying field goal. They're going to be in four down territory. It just felt like to me that felt like a really big game changing moment.
1: Yeah. Uh, speaking of making it, congratulations, you. Yeah, you yes, you. yes, you. Yes, you. The listeners have made it through this entire podcast. Uh, that's going to wrap up the podcast. Wait, we're not doing predictions. I oh, want to do predictions. Did I forget to do predictions? Yeah, oh, I do that every week. I just pre- I want to do it, Jeff. But we have a prediction predict. video, so. I want to want get my prediction in predict.
0: there. 31-24. It's going to be uncomfortable AF, but it's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: af. Uncomfortable AF. Uh, I'm predicting a lower scoring affair.
1: What if you just predict 63-36? 62-36? Or? Right. No, it, the, that's how good the buffs are this year. They're actually one point better than that team. Sixty-nine
0: thirty-six.
2: It's going to be twenty-seven twenty-one, Colorado. Oh, so you also like an uncomfortable game. Oh, yeah. There's, it's... As much as I think that Utah doesn't have the mental willpower to win the game, they still have the talent to stay. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. I'm a good smart editor, and I'm going to make people watch my pregame video if they want to see my predictions. So, uh, that's going to wrap up the podcast. For Ryan Konigsberg and Ted Schalfen, I'm Jake Shapiro. Thanks for listening to BSN Buffs Podcast. Stay to all of our content on bsndenver.com, and we will see you next week. What the definition of classic is timeless, so age don't count in the booth. When your flow stays submerged in the fountain of youth. Ain't no doubt in the truth,
0: I'm off the meters. Everybody co it, even non-believers. Cause I came in the door, became one of y'all's leaders. In the fresh Bear air force, one sneakers, Uptowns, we call them uppies when they on divas. Probably one with KRS one teachers. made you look before the heaters. I bet your car had them on when he walked with Jesus. Classic.